What's good, y'all? This is your boy Justin, aka Just Blaze, host of Above the Rim. And if you want a raw take on the NBA, Above the Rim is a show for you. With dope beats and entertaining guests each week, we offer a great new insight on all things NBA. You don't want to miss it. Talk about it. You are now tuned in to Above the Rim. Welcome to Above the Rim, episode 36, brought to you by your gracious host, Justin, a.k.a. Just Blaze. As always, you can find Above the Rim on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and the Almighty Bowling Network every Tuesday. Make sure you give Above the Rim that five-star review on iTunes, man. Matter of fact, if you're listening to this episode right now, and you didn't leave me a review already, shame on you. Shame on you. To get in contact with me or the show, you got many options. You can follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. That's J-U-S-B-L-A-Z-E underscore 513. Email for the show is JustinLee867 at Yahoo.com. Use the hashtag AxeAboveTheRim. And the new way to get in touch with the show is calling up the Above the Rim Talk About It voicemail line. That number is 908-718-1592. Use all of these avenues to submit questions, comments, feedback, and topics. If you want to be on the, if you want to be a guest on the show as well, let me know. And if you didn't already notice, there's a twist to this episode. No special illustrious guest this week. I'm riding a solo train. Shout out to me. But let me tell you why. It's Thanksgiving week. Time to give thanks. Give back to the listeners and supporters of the show. Last week, as I mentioned before, I opened up about the Talk About It voicemail line. It started to flood. Floodgates opened. There was a lot of people that called in. Some gave questions. Some gave shout outs. And I wanted to show that appreciation this episode, man. It means a lot to me that everyone took the time out of their busy day to call in and show your boy some love. But before we get into the calls, I wanted to give a special shout out to three people who have been with me since day one. Each one of these people play a critical role in the show and they deserve a special shout out. First up, my man Yannick, the sound engineer and producer of Above the Rim. My man Yannick is always behind the scenes making the magic happen. Making it sound as good as it does with these smooth instrumentals in the back. Make sure y'all all go out, check out his production work. Follow him on social media at Muddy Gold. That's M-U-G-G-I-G-O-L-D. Trackhouse Studios in Brooklyn. Got a shout out to you, my brother. Also, Cleesia as well. Also been here since day one. Thanks for listening to my crazy ass ideas about the show all the time. Great constructive criticism. And she also makes all the visuals and the videos for Above the Rim, so shout out to her as well. Last but not least, my man Damo, friend of the show Damo, has also been here since day one. He was on my first episode and plenty more episodes after that. He's always contributing extra topics to the show as well. 
to keep it running. Shout out to you, my man Damo. So also, before we start, I want to thank everyone dropping a voicemail into Above the Rim, calling into the Talk About It line, and let's dive into these questions. First caller. Hey, Jess. It's your girl, E. Just want to congratulate you on all the successes of Above the Rim. The sky's the limit, and I'm just so excited to see where you're going to go from here, especially when you get your own TV show. Now, that's going to be amazing. But I do have one question for you. I know you talked about the hoodies being a distraction in the NBA right now, but I don't know. I feel like the hairstyles these last few seasons have been a big distraction from Iman Shumpert's, you know, pom-poms to whatever the hell Seth Curry got going on right now. I mean, that's a bigger distraction to me. Let's talk about that. Talk about it. Shout out to you, E, for that call. Listen, I don't know if I'm ready for dreadlock Steph Curry yet. That might be a little too much for the NBA. These little twists that he has right now, I'm not sure if you people are seeing. It's a no-go. It's a fail. Right now, his little twists, his little twizzlers that he had, they're in the embryo stage right now. But what I'm more nervous about is what these twists will grow into. Aisha's up to no good. Aisha Curry's up to no good right now. The combination of Steph Curry's twist and let's say what? KD, his peasy head. I mean, that might be the reason Golden State doesn't win this year. <clears throat> Autopilot for them. Next caller. Yo, Just, what's up, man? It's your boy Damo. I'm tuning in to Above the Rim. Um, you know, I'm blinging the hotline, man. I just want to say, man, keep doing your thing. Uh, I'm loving what you're doing with the show. Keep it fresh every week, bringing something new to the show every time. Making these other shows stay on their feet. And um, just keep it up, man. Keep up the good work, man. The show is definitely going somewhere, man. And um, last but not least, I just got a question. Um, I got an NBA question. Uh, where would you rank this year's draft class among other draft class? Dom, I appreciate the call, my man. That's actually a great question as well. Man, I think this is one of the best and one of the deepest rookie draft classes that we had in a long time. These young boys look ready to play in a man's league. <clears throat> There's a lot of special young talents in the league as well, man. There's no growing pains at all for the rookies. Especially you got guys like Jason Tatum of Boston, Kyle Kuzma of the Lakers, Dennis Smith Jr. of the Mavs, De'Aaron Fox of the Kings with his speed and athleticism. You have the Phenom and probably the rookie of the year. Ben Simmons of the Philadelphia 76ers, leading the rookies in all major statistical categories. He's having a monster season, man, averaging 18 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, shooting 52% from the floor. That's incredible for a rookie, man. And also, you got, I mean, Big Ben, excuse me, is going to be a problem for years to come, a problem for the league. And then, of course, you got Lonzo. Ball control. And ball control and the big ball away. I know he's faced a lot of pressure and a lot of scrutiny his rookie season, but I think he's still going to become an excellent all-star caliber point guard in the league one day. I think, but to answer your question, Damo, I think it might be too early to rank this rookie class simply because there hasn't been enough time yet. But I definitely will say 
This has the potential to be one of the very best draft classes. Could be top five, could be top ten of all time. Just above the rim. It's your boy VTG calling all the way from the West Coast, the left coast. There's a lot of water, a lot of palm trees over here. Oh, and it's a lot of titles. But this is what I called in, man. So the crossover segment, KD, Scotty Pippen. Let me tell you something, man. I've always, I know you heard me say this before. I'm very respectful of my elders. I'm taking Scotty hands down. And I think Scotty, Scotty got to be top three small forwards of all time. Why? He was a point forward. Okay. I think, you know, he did play with one of the best players of all time in the game. Up there, 1A, 1B with Kareem. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about MJ. But I don't think if Scotty's not there, I don't think MJ gets sick. You gotta give you gotta give Scotty a lot of credit to that. You know what I'm saying? Katie left his team, and Westbrook's still holding it down. You know, and, and I count that man. I count that that matters. And plus, I just think Scotty was a better overall defensive player, better defensive player. You know what I mean? Other than that, man, hey, we need to start start talking about these Lakers. I know Lonzo's looking a little shaky, baby, out there. His brother out there still in Gucci belts. But, uh, yeah, it's time that me, you, and Jar sit down and we discuss this at a Lakers roundtable. All right? Shout out to the Clippers, though. You know what I'm saying? Y'all doing real good. My little sister is doing real good. All right, man. Baylor, my dude. Appreciate the call, my brother. Uh, Baylor was there giving me feedback from the crossover segment last week with Scottie Pippen versus Kevin Durant. Are you taking a prime either one? And Bella, I know you said you respect your elders, but man, Scotty versus Durant was a tough one. I'm a huge Scotty fan. I think he's easily a top five small forward of all time. One of the best defenders and versatile players of all time as well. KD, man, he's really an offensive machine. Damn near seven feet. Can pull up from anywhere on the floor. Pull up from 30. Elite shooter on and off the dribble. Has handled and proved his defense tremendously this year. Being the leading shot blocker in Golden State and in the league, matter of fact. He's clutch, but KD is practically unstoppable on the offensive end, man. He's one of the greatest scorers ever. Now, mind you, I'm no fan of KD outside of his talent. His intangibles and mental makeup are questionable to me. I still think he's one of the most mentally weak superstars we have ever seen. Making fake Twitter accounts to argue with fans being sensitive to every comment about him, and most recently saying that he doesn't want to be the leader of his team, and that's why he came to Golden State, to basically ride their coattails to a chip. The chip he got honestly doesn't mean as much to me, has an asterisk next to it, but, I mean, he came to Golden State to stack the deck, knowing him coming here would give them an unfair advantage, but that's neither here nor there. Can't fault him for that anymore, I guess. But I just think he's too great of a player to not want to have his own team. So I still dislike him for those reasons. But talent-wise, I got to go with KD, man. I think he's one of the best to ever do it. Appreciate the call, my brother. What's good? What's good? It's Devin from the According to Sources team. And just Devin straight up from uh, Mr. Underscore High Yellow. Self-plug right there. Uh, calling in, showing my boy just some love. Uh, showing the podcast some love. I do have to start off with a quick question before I start throwing slander. Uh, big question in regards to my main man, LeBron. What has to happen or what will happen 
for all of us to push the panic button on LeBron and the Cavaliers this season. A lot of us came into the season assuming that it's just going to be another Cleveland versus Golden State rematch. A lot of people thinking that it's probably not even going to be competitive in the finals, but it's looking more like LeBron and his Cavs team might be facing a whole lot of trouble before they even reach the Eastern Conference Finals. So what has to happen for them to push their panic button? What has to happen for them to be better? Uh, here's my slander. I am so sick and tired of us talking about the main teams, the main high market teams in the NBA. I know that you can't really do nothing about that. That's been a problem for forever now, but we got a lot of good teams that aren't getting get no love. I feel like the Milwaukee Bucks are one of those teams that everybody's more so concerned with, you know, people like Lonzo, Porzingis being the unicorn in New York, and people are really sleeping. As good as he is, people are really sleeping on the Greek freaks. That's about all the slander that I have for this week. Probably next week I'll call in and I'll throw some slander on Baylor the Great and how his Lakers are extremely overrated. Constant logic, Baylor logic, high yellow logic. Just you the man. Dev, I appreciate the call, my brother. Shout out to you. Man, me and Dev are Cavs supporters. That's a tough question, man, because I'm not one of those dudes who push the panic button on a championship level team this early in the year. Now granted the Cavs are playing like shit right now to start the season. They look old, they look slow, they look disinterested. The defense is bottom five in the league. And they are integrating about six to eight new players into the rotation right now. But I'm giving LeBron the benefit of the doubt here that the Cavs will turn it around very quickly. But I will be a little worried if they are a 500 basketball team by Christmas and New Year's time. But I can't fully evaluate this team until Isaiah Thomas comes back, man. I mean, once he comes back, everyone gets placed back into the natural role. Derrick Rose goes back to the bench. You don't rely on him as much. D-Wade, you don't rely on him as much. Jeff Green is just becomes back a luxury. And I think everyone goes back into their natural position. And I think when he comes back, it gives them that bona fide secondary scorer because Lord knows... We can't trust Kevin Love to do his job. He has to go, by the way. His time is up in Cleveland. I'm trying I'm trying all I can to get rid of Kevin Love right now if I'm the Cavs. So I think we have to wait until IT comes back to fully evaluate the Cavs. And honestly, no one else in the East can legitimately beat LeBron and those boys in a seven-game series. Not the damn Celtics. Not the Bucks. Definitely not the Wizards. Or those soft Raptors. So I think LeBron and those boys will be all right. What's going on, Judge? It's Chris. You know, I was listening to the last couple of shows, and uh, you know, I really appreciate the analysis, you know. But uh, the main point I want to talk about is Lonzo. I know Lonzo struggled last night, but, I mean, he was going up against Ben Simmons, arguably probably the early season rookie of the year. But at the same time, Luke Walton sitting him that late in the game, I don't really agree with that. What's more important, development or W? I'd be honest, I don't think they're going to be the 76ers. They're more experienced. Uh, and B had a monster of a game. And, and nobody on the Lakers going to stop that. But at the same time, I don't I, I don't really see any effort. I mean, Brandon Ingram, he had a good game. But other than that, him and Kuzma, they're really the heart of the team. They're really the only ones out there balling. Lonzo's struggling, I get that. But at the same time, you can't draft the first, uh, you can't draft a pass, pass first point guard and not have any shooters. That makes no sense. 
But uh, appreciate it, man. Have a good day. That's my boy Christian from the A2 Source, man. Appreciate the call, my brother. And uh, you're right, man. I mean, Lonzo, we all know his struggles. He has struggled for the most part to start the season. But I still think he has shown a lot of promise. I never expected him to become a big-time scorer. That's not something that that wasn't his game at UCLA. That won't be his game now. He's a floor general, a pass-first point guard. One of the He's trying to become one of the best point guards ever. So he has a lot of time, and he is under the tutelage of Magic Johnson. This season, he's averaging, what, 8.6 rebounds, 6 assists, had two triple-doubles already, the youngest person to ever grab a triple-double. But I know he's shooting a horrible 30% from the floor, and that's his issue, and that's my issue with him as well. I know people have been killing him, calling him a bust already, a.k.a. Stephen A., getting crazy out here. But I'm not ready to go that far. I strongly believe that he will turn it around and perform better. But the Lakers have to get him some consistent shooters, man. They have no finishes on that squad. Many times, I see Lonzo make the right play, but they can't finish the play. And I always say that he has to improve on his aggressiveness. Sometimes he does look—he he does tend to look passive on a play-by-play basis on the floor. So I do think he needs to get better in his aggressive. And as a point guard, you have to dictate the tempo and the flow of the game. And he's struggling with that right now. That's supposed to be his best asset. And I think that's what he needs to work on. Or that's what he needs to emphasize on his game. Controlling the pace of the game. And even though he's, he struggled, he's still the number two overall pick. He's still going to be your franchise star going forward. He's becoming a household name already. So why kill his confidence and bench him? That doesn't make any sense to me what, what he did. I understand he was playing bad, but I still would throw the kid out there. Every player has to learn from their mistakes, and Lonzo was no different. I think it's good for him that he's going through the struggles now rather than peaking too early. So I think Lonzo will be good. I think he's fine. And I have to backtrack on my statements about the Lakers making the playoffs. I must have been on the mound. I was definitely on the mound that day. I don't know what I was thinking. I appreciate the call, Christian. What's up above the rim? This is Rob from Hoboken, first time caller. So, listeners, do you think I should start believing in the Knicks? Are they really a playoff team like KP6 says? Or have they been, are they the same team that they always been? Like the worst ex we've ever had? Try to give you some energy and then just take it away. Should I give the team my energy? Let me know. Rob, I appreciate the call, my brother. Man, I can't believe I'm saying this, but this might actually be the year to believe in the Knicks. I can't believe I'm saying that, man. But sleep with one eye open, though, Knicks fans. I'll tell you that right now. Sleep with one eye open. You can't really trust these Knicks to get it done. But they are showing tons of promise this year. Young and hungry team playing hard every night. Have a budding superstar in the unicorn, Paul Zingas, averaging almost 30 a game. I think it, I believe he's averaging about 28 right now. And I think the eighth seed is definitely a possibility. But I'm not totally sold on the Knicks yet. Not gonna lie. But I'll be positive and say that they'll get the eighth seed. Lord knows I want to play on basketball here in New York City. Lord knows I want to play on basketball so I could get to go to some of those games. New York is buzzing with hope right now, and I like what I see. Boy, if you don't Got get- the French Kriller, Frank Nitty, a.k.a. Two Titty. But I feel like Nick fans, hold your horses a little bit. Have cautious optimism. Appreciate the call, Rob. Yes. Scraggy player. 
This is your boy Grandpa, one half for the Brothers Layman from the Brothers Layman Sports Happy Hour. Just wanted to call in, chime in on the show, man. Love what you're doing. Think you're doing a, a great job, man. Love your energy, love your passion. But uh, let's get down to the nitty gritty. These New York Knickerbockers, brother. So I know you're feeling them. I know I know the city of New York is 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 much happier these days. But I think I, I've I've figured out why the Knicks are performing better. So let's 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 revert to history a little bit. Let's just let's just go back of just a little bit to last season. So if you listen to the show, you know I'm a big believer in addition by subtraction. So I believe that is what has happened to the Knicks in three cases. So going back to last year, we saw the turmoil between Phil Jackson wanting to trade uh, Carmelo Anthony, talking about getting rid of Chris Asforzingis, basically trying to enforce the triangle offense, so on and so forth. So with that going on, and then let's not even throw in a Derrick Rose disappearing act that he pulled last year. There was just a lot of just toxic things going on in that organization. <clears throat> so now we fast forward to the present day. Why have the Knicks looked better and why have they improved? Well, it's going down to three things. Number one, first and foremost, Bill Jackson, the worst GM ever in history. He's gone. So that's one thing you guys don't have to worry about. You know, he really, it didn't seem like he really cared. Didn't seem like he was really trying or gave a damn about the, the New York Knicks organization. It didn't seem like he was really trying to bring in some really good talent. I'll never forget in his first draft when everybody was talking about Clay Anthony early. You remember Clay Anthony early? He the steal of the draft. No, please. He only, is even in the league anymore. But I digress. Then, number two, Jeff Hornet said, I know everybody and their mama is saying Chris Porzingis. He is doing this this year. He, he's raised his game to another level. One person I haven't heard get much credit is Jeff Hornacek. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Phil Jackson was basically forcing Jeff Hornacek to install the triangle offense. Dare I say we now are able to see the offense that Jeff Hornacek himself was trying to implement? When he first got to the Knicks, I mean, basically, he was forced to do offense he didn't want to run for two straight years. So now we're finally getting to see Jeff Hornacek's offense and what he can do and the possibilities that, that can, it can have. Number three, and probably the biggest thing, Melo's gone. We all know Melo's a great scorer. Love Melo, love his game. But to keep 100, Melo's a ball stopper. Well, also part of the infamous thread. Shout out to all the brothers in the thread that calls in and sent questions. Layman, uh, Dev, BTG, shout out to my man Teddy D, Jav, according to sources, Christian, all those brothers, man. Shout Ball Sports, shout out to all of y'all. But, J-Man, you really had a lot to unpack. And that's talking about my Knicks again. I mean, my Knicks, excuse me. Talking about the Knicks. <laughs> I'm crazy myself. I must have been on a mile. But you're right, man. You addressed a lot of Nick points here. But let's address Hornacek Boy, first. I agree with you. Hornacek does deserve some credit for the Knicks winning start. But how much does he really? Are we really sure Jeff has done a great job? I agree with you on the fact that we're getting to see him run his offense now. And the Knicks have been playing harder, faster, sharing the ball more, more invested and enthused on the defensive end. But I caution all the credit given to him because let's not forget... He accepted the Nick coaching job willingly knowing that he would be running a triangle offense on the field. Even though we know it's an outdated system to be running in today's NBA, he didn't get the players to quote-unquote buy in to that system, even if they disagreed with it. 
And that's primarily a coach's job, correct me if I'm wrong, to have your players on the same page believing in the same goal. That's the only way you're going to win games, if all the players are on the same page. And the Knicks were in complete turmoil from the front office down last year, and Jeff Hornacek did nothing, honestly, to help that. I didn't see him take charge and deflect criticism or defend his players to his full potential. I saw a guy that who was a little passive and who didn't really want to piss anyone off, so he took the safe route and just said the most neutral things possible instead of taking a stand. My personal opinion is that Jeff has to be replaced with a more dominating and a more strong coach. I feel like the Knicks need a coach vocal enough to give his opinion to upper management and personnel and game plan adjustments. New York is a funny place, man, and only the strong survive, but I think the ideal fit for New York right now might be Mark Jackson. I know people are down right now on Mark Jackson after his dismissal in Golden State, but I think Mark will do the job well. I think New York needs him, and I think the city will be happy with that, man. So the Knicks are playing better right now because they are more motivated to prove they're more than Melo's team, quote-unquote. This team has embraced KP, declared him as their guy, and they're going to lean on and rally around KP. So I'm giving the credit to the players and not Jeff Hornacek. But I hate to admit it, man. The Knicks are looking a lot better without Melo. Melo. I can't believe that, man. Hate to say it, but they definitely are. Hey, yo. This is Ice from Canaanite Show. Of course, you know, we love a Butherin podcast. Uh, always talking about it. Always good to get some great NBA info. So I got a question. Seems to me like a lot of, almost most of the guys who are merging in the NBA right now, kind of breaking through, seem to be from other countries. Um, do you think that's going to change how the NBA scouts in the future? You know, will, will there be like G League teams in other countries to kind of help develop that area more uh, of talent pools? You know, just want to know what you think, man. So uh, I know you know. Anyway, appreciate the time. I'm out. Kane, I appreciate the call, my brother. That's my man Kane from the Kane and Nice Show. And uh, to answer your question, nah, I don't think it will change how they scout. Because I think American-born players will always be the main priority. But with the influx of these international talented superstars, I think it will force scouts to be more aware, which in turn will make them more aggressive in their scouting. They're all in competition with one another to find the next big superstar. So maybe instead of turning the cheek on a potential superstar, just because he's from a country you never heard of, you should look into him a lot more and do your research. It might be the next Giannis, the next Porzingis. Don't sleep on those international cats, man. They definitely can ball, man. They definitely can ball. So I appreciate the call. What's up? I want to give a shout out to my man, Just Blaze of the Above the Rim podcast. Always love listening to it. My go-to for NBA talk, not just regular NBA talk, but breaking it down to the bottom. And I got a question for you. What do my Mavs need to do for the future? Love Dennis Smith Jr., but what do we do from here? So appreciate you. This is Ben from the BS3 Sports Show. Love your podcast. Love the guests. Keep doing what you're doing. Ben, my brother, appreciate the call. My man. Make sure you go check out his show as well, the BS3. So, I mean, honestly, with your Mavs right now, Ben, I don't know what's going on with your Mavs right now. I never expected much from them this year anyway, but you're in for another long season, my friend. It, I think they believe, I believe they're 3-15 right now. 
not giving not giving Nerlens Noel the minutes he deserves. They have a skeleton old fossil Dirk Nowitzki right now out there. And I think it's tank mode right now for the Mavs. But Dennis Smith, though, let me tell you something. Dennis Smith, that's a stud rookie right there. I think he's averaging about 15 right now this year. Crazy athletic. Definitely a building block. So you have one piece there in Dennis Smith. I really love that piece. He definitely should have been a Nick. I agree with my man LeBron right there. But the rest, I don't know, man. Dallas has, Dallas has to get a big-time free agent in there somehow. Cuban has to work his magic or his wallet, or do something. But they need a big-time free agent. That's the only way I feel like Dallas right now can progress, and they can get a great draft pick this year. So, the Mavs are in an interesting position, man. Hey, how you doing, Just? I had a question. What team do you think is going to have the best record in the league, and what team do you think is going to have the worst record in the league? Appreciate the call, my brother. I think the that's my man, Hawk, right there. Excuse me, by the way. Um, I actually think the Rockets will have the best regular season record in the league. It will most definitely be, be either them or the Golden State Warriors. That I'm 100% sure about that. I'll tell you that. But I think the Rockets' fast-paced style of play with some improved defenses here, I think they definitely can get the best record in the league. And I think they will finish with the number one seed this year in the playoffs because I think they're hungry to prove themselves right To prove themselves this year, you got CP3 back. You have possible MVP year for James Harden and because of that home court advantage I think it will aid them well in the playoffs and I believe they will ultimately advance to the finals this year the Rockets are my preseason pick for finals man and I'm on the record saying it as for the worst record I would definitely have to go with either the Kings or the Hawks but I think it most likely would be the Kings I don't know what direction that team is going with right now it's just a mess over there Tank mode for them, for the Kings and the Hawks, definitely a fail. Definitely a fail. Hi, Justin. It's Rachel. Um, great show, but quick question. Do you think that the three basketball players, college basketball players, should have personally thanked Trump? I mean, they did let him out. They did. Trump did let them free, but I'm just curious if you think that they needed to physically go there just to say thank you all right keep it up bye appreciate the question rachel but uh if you don't know the story by now three ucla players were arrested in china a shop lifting at a louis vuitton store while they were staying there for their tournament one of those kids arrested was leangelo ball son of laval ball as you know we triple b's all day every day over here and above the rim but laval man it's something messed up. Definitely messed up. Apparently, China was holding, the Chinese government was holding the athletes. And the myth is that Trump actually helped the UCLA students get back to the U.S. We definitely think he had a certain role in there, but it remains to see how much of a role did he really have. Then in typical Trump fashion, he goes on Twitter basically saying that the UCLA players should personally be thanking him, which they actually did, by the way in a press conference when they came back. Then in response to that, LaVar started saying that Trump didn't do much to help get them back to the US. And then when he was asked about Trump, his response was, who? And then when asked about Trump's role, he basically said that Trump was there in China anyway at the time. So it wasn't like that he went out of his way to help his boys come back to the US. 
Then after that, Trump goes out and tweets, and I quote, Now that the three basketball players are out of China and saved from years in jail, of all ball, the son of Leangelo is unaccepting of what I did for his son and that shoplifting is no big deal. I should have left them in jail. Trump, you know I never like to get too political, but this is getting a little out of control. Let's be real now. This is so ridiculous. This is stupid. Watch this become a publicity stunt. Two of the most popular and outspoken people of 2017, Trump and LeVar Ball in a war words with each other. I mean, that smells like ratings to me. That's all that smells like. That smells definitely like ratings. I tell you that right now. That's all about ratings. The Leangelo Ball situation, right now, that just shows the immaturity of these young guys these days. 19 years old. Don't do anything stupid like this. Put your family in a negative situation. We trying to progress. It's 2017. These young boys out here still wet behind the ears. Can't handle that level of stardom. But to answer your question, Rachel, I think they definitely had to apologize to him. I mean, excuse me, thank him. Because he did probably play a decent part or a decent role in getting them back to the U.S. So I definitely think it was the right thing to do. But, I mean, you could take that with a grain of salt, to be honest. Because we all know that Trump is usually looking for attention to spin it back into way upon himself. Appreciate the call. Hey, Justin. It's Zoe. Love above the rim. It's my favorite podcast. My question for you is who is your favorite celebrity on Celebrity Row at the Garden? Appreciate the call, Zoe. That's an interesting one. Who's my favorite celebrity? A celebrity row at the Garden. MSG, all the stars come out. But my favorite celebrity at the Garden would have to be Spike Lee. It would be crazy if I said anyone else. He's the most iconic Nick fan of all time. But if I had to choose someone else, it would be Tracy Morgan. He goes to a lot of games. He's always getting hype and involved in the games, talking to the players. And I would have to say, Lala Anthony. When she used to come to the games at the Garden when Melo was here last year and every other year. Lala's pretty easy on the eyes and she's always there to support Hoodie Melo. Crazy. So I would have to say she rounds out the top three. Appreciate the call. Alright y'all, right now it's going to be time for a quick break but we'll be right back with more heat. I'll be discussing CP3's return to the Rockets and the team he left behind the Clippers. And last but not least, shout outs. So now back at Above the Rim, we're going to talk a little CP3. But first, before we go there, I want to shout out to everyone who called. Appreciate all of you. That was a great segment. But we got to talk about CP3 real quick. CP3 came back to the Rockets, and he's looked damn good in his return. Just like I said before, he will fit in seamlessly with this roster. That's my finals pick right there. I mean, it's a small sample size. He's only been back for two to three games, for two games thus far. Putting up 11 points and 10 assists in 20 minutes, 17.6 assists in 23 minutes in the second game. In the second game, but his time being hurt helped benefit the Rockets so much. We all know the point guard is is a cerebral point guard, one of the smartest floor generals in NBA history. And during his injury, he was sitting on the bench learning the habits of his teammates. It allowed Harden to go back into his normal role of being an offensive superstar that he is. Now with CP3 sideline at sideline at the beginning of the season, it changed the narrative of the team into how will CP3 adjust to this new team and style of play rather than vice versa. It will be hard, but I think those two will become the first backcourt in NBA history to both average double-digit assists in a season. I laugh at people who seem to think that when Pat Beverly left, the Rockets were downgrading on the defensive end. I love 
I love that they forget how CP is a seven-time all-defensive first-team guard, six-time steals leader, the most complete point guard on both ends of the floor. The reason the Rockets have the right formula to succeed on this team is because everyone knows their role, and that's a crucial factor right now for a championship contending team. That's a crucial factor right now, and that right there was the issue with the Clippers. Blake and Chris Paul have always had some sort of power struggle because Blake probably doesn't take criticism too well, and CP3 has a tendency to be very outspoken and demonstrative towards his teammates at times. But only the mentally strong could deal with CP3 like that. Blake and DJ are not like that. They're not built for that kind of shit. They're not at all. But where are all of these people that text me, called me out, and said the Blake, the Clippers, excuse me, are better without CP3? Who overreacted to that blistering 4-0 start the Clippers had? Y'all were crazy. Y'all definitely, each one of y'all were on that yak when you were telling me stuff like that. You must be out of out of your mind. So the Clippers now, since we're on them, they're currently 5-11 and 11 right now, losing to the Knicks and the Garden tonight. Are you kidding me? Losing to the Knicks, you're supposed to be a quote-unquote playoff contender. I think they lost 9 straight, losing 10 of their last 11. Doc is on a hot seat. Now, granted, they had a few injuries to the season to key players, but that isn't an excuse. And you know why? The Boston Celtics are doing it. Their top two players, their top two players have been out. I mean, their top players, excuse me, Gordon Hayward has been out and they're still winning games. The top two players, Blake and DJ, they still played in every single game. A lot of folks overreacted to the 4-0 start. Blake shooting threes and their so-called, so-called more ball movement style offense. I watched every single Clippers game. I haven't seen any of that. I see the same exact offense. The only difference right now I see is the ball is in Blake's hands more rather than CP3. I mean, don't get me wrong, Blake is a phenomenal power forward. Don't get me wrong. But like I said this before, and I'll say it again, Blake cannot be your number one option on a championship team. He could be your number one option on a good team, yes, but a championship caliber team, he has to be the one guy to take over in the fourth quarter to finish games, and Blake just doesn't do it. He couldn't do it before when CP3 was feeding him the rock, and I don't believe he will somehow get better at it now. He's always been great. The three quarters, where palms get sweaty, defense buckles down on you, he shies away from that, man, and I just can't... He just can't get it done. I think this season, it will make the Clippers players appreciate the point guard, Chris Paul, CP3 a lot more, because the burden of offensive creation right now is wearing on Blake Griffin. And now with Blake functioning as the team's best passer, the Clippers sit among the league's bottom five in assist percentage. He has to dump that Kardashian, I think. Or that Jenna, excuse me. The Jenna, excuse me, if he wants to salvage the rest of this season. Because he's he's playing well. But the Clippers, it's a bad omen around him still. And also, don't be surprised if DJ is traded this year or in the summertime. He can opt out of his deal at the end of this year. And he could be looking Boy, to get- move elsewhere. Instead of them losing DJ for nothing, the Clips might be willing to deal him. But he hasn't looked the same this season, even though his numbers are good. So be on the lookout for that. Definitely look out for the Clippers, man. So it's more credit to CP3. But we're going to see where the Rockets go from here. So, of course, there's no crossover segment this week because I have no special illustrious guests. 
but I do have something special as an alternative, man. I definitely do. I tell you that right now. Some people called to talk about it line, gave questions while others called in to show your boy some love. They wanted to shout out above the rim. And I preach every appreciate everyone, excuse me, who called in. And so I'm gonna play a few of these shout outs that people send in. So I appreciate the love. So I'm gonna send a few of these out. Shout out to everyone, man. It means a lot. What's up, Justin? This is your boy Scotty B. Just want to tell you how much I enjoy the podcast. You know, I've been down with Above the Rim since day one, uh, and I've really enjoyed seeing how much it's grown week by week over the last year. Uh, I really look forward to every Tuesday afternoon because I put your show on at work, and it helps me make it through the rest of the day. What I love most about Above the Rim is that you are clearly a student of the game. You know the history and the current product inside and out, but you're not just throwing out stats. You present it in a way that's entertaining, original, I love the guests, I love the soundboard clips you drop in there, and I especially love the crossover segment. Justin, you are a leader of men, and this is the best damn NBA podcast on the market right now. And anyone who disagrees with that, I think it's time to send their ass overseas. But Justin, there is one small change I need you to make to the show. One small change. I think it's about damn time you stop talking about the stink of Nick and start referring to the sweet aroma of Nick. Talk about it. What's up above the rim listeners? This is your girl, Christine. I was featured on episode 20. Just wanted to call in and show some love to Justly. You're an amazing host. Love the show. Love what you have going on. And to all the listeners, stay tuned to Above the Rim. Every week, you're going to get the best discussion some dope beats, and honestly, a lot of laughs. The last few episodes have been so great. Guests are dope. So keep it up and keep doing your thing. I'll be listening every week. Yes, sir. Your boy, Job here. Big, big, big shout out to the best basketball podcast going. The Above the Rim podcast. Justin Lee, a.k.a. Just Blaze. I'll see you, my guy. Peace and love. What's going on? This is Nancy Angela on your tag. Yeah, I know you haven't heard from me since junior high school, but I'm sending this message to Justin and all the people at the Above the Rim podcast just to say shout out to you guys. And I'm super, super proud of you for doing everything that you're doing and turning one of your passions, which is sports and basketball, into a live and breathing thing. Shout out to everyone there. Shout out to you. And I'm so excited to see your star rise. And I'm excited to see the podcast grow into something bigger. Everyone at the podcast, congratulations. And I'm looking forward to seeing so much more from you guys. And Justin, shout out to you. Shout out to you. This is Mandy Angela, over and out. What's going on, everybody? It's sports and entertainment journalist Brandon Scooby Robinson. You know what? I'm checking out that guy just blazed and above the rim podcast you guys are doing your thing and uh keep doing it above the rim Scoopy radio we're in there like when we're make it happen chief Bruce. oh just please it's your boy ian aka lax uh just calling to say man you know above the rim podcast one of the best basketball podcast out there I mean, even though if you are a quote-unquote casual fan, um, you're really doing great things, and I can't wait to see what goes on in the future. 
Um, and also, one last thing, the Knicks are so much better without Melo. People may agree or disagree with that, but that's just how I feel. All right, peace. This is your girl, Erica Fernandez, a.k.a. Curls of Sports. And if you're looking for some fresh content, different outlook on basketball, NBA, whatever you want to call the sport, make sure to tune in with Above the Rim all day, every day. Yo, Just, what's up, my man? It's Lynch. Just calling in to say that Above the Rim has absolutely been killing it. You just keep getting better and better every week. I love listening. And listen, I know it's early. It feels a little crazy to say, but I'm not even embarrassed to be a Knicks fan these days. You know, I'll tell you what. Make some room. Move over. I'm hopping back on this bandwagon. Let's do it this season, man. All right. Be good. Yo, Justin Lee, a.k.a. Prime Time. This is Maddie, a.k.a. Maddie Ice. Just wanted to give a shout-out saying that uh, your podcast is amazing. And uh, you really know your NBA knowledge as well as sports in general. All right, man, keep up the good work. Hey, 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 it's your girls, Michelle. And Raya, we represent from Queens. Shout out to our boy Justin, a.k.a. Just Blaze, the hottest radio personality in the game right now. Keep doing your thing. We out here listening. Hashtag above the rim. <laughs> hey, Justin, it's Sheila from NYC. I just wanted to say I'm a big fan of yours and above the rim. Yo, what's good, bro? This is Ed. Dropping some love to the Above the Room family. Keep up the good work. Love the discussions, man. Hold it down. Jazz, what's going on? Teddy D. Uh, just checking in. And apparently my son wanted to say what's up, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, keep on killing it, man. Shout out to everybody on the thread. Uh, been listening to everybody's shows. Y'all doing great. Uh, man, listen. I can't keep up with y'all because I'm working all day. That was funny. So, love the shows. Uh, yeah, man. Being great. Peace. Salute to my boy Just on his one podcast. If you're not tuned in, tune in. Above the Rim Podcast by Just Play. This boy Rail checking out on love, Just. Hey, Just. It's me. Just wanted you to know how proud I am of you. Justin Lee your man from the Mitchell Report Unleashed, Rory Mitchell, giving a lot of love, hype, praise to your show. Congratulations on everything that you do. It's well appreciated. Fresh, non-stop basketball talk. Such a great experience for independentness in podcasting. Again, Rory Mitchell from the Mitchell Report Unleashed. We're back on the show ASAP, man. Talk some Minnesota Timberwolves. Got you, my guy. Hey, Justin. It's LP. Just want to send you some love on your Above the Rim podcast. Great episodes every week. Keep it up with the great content. Bye. Hey, Justin. It's Chris. Uh, this is first time, long time. Just leaving a message. Just want to say I was a little disappointed to hear that you're not taking Francesca's spot. A little upset about that. Um, besides that, I just want to say keep up the good work. Good, go next. Hey Justin, it's Allie. Love above the rim. Can't wait for my wags episode. Need to talk about all my girls. Yo, yo, yo. This is Jamal calling up. Um, calling up above the rim podcast. Want to give a shout out to my homeboy, Just Blaze, doing his thing. 
You know what I mean? Giving the basketball commentary. I love it. You know what I mean? That's my go-to. If I get my basketball news, if I need any type of update, that's definitely the person I go to. You know, you know I wanted to give a shout-out and uh, just definitely say I appreciate that. Um, you know, shout-out to all the Knicks fans. Definitely, definitely. We making it this season. And, you know, we, we say that every year. You know, but this year we actually making it. We're going to make six seed. Six seed max. You know what I mean? Definitely got to make eight seed. But regardless, yo, shouts just blaze. Shouts above the rim. Peace out. Yo, what's going on? Shout out to my brother out here. It's your boy, Jay Jun. A.K.A. your favorite Ghost Rider. A.K.A. what your mama like. Man, I'm over here listening to the podcast, man. Y'all dudes just blowing up. But y'all talk about my Knicks like I ain't the king of New York. Man, what's going on? Man, shout out to Just Blaze, man. You killing the whole game right now. Got the whole podcast all locked, man. But I can't talk about the Knicks without me. I see Chris God out here killing them. Huh? Number two on scoring. Huh? See my Knicks? Huh? You see Tim Hardaway Jr.? Yeah. We out here balling, man. Let me know if y'all ever want me to call me, bruh. Call me. I can't talk about basketball without talking about the Knicks, man. We back. We in here. Wouldn't it be crazy if Phil Jackson was saying a little bit of truth about Carmelo? We're not going to talk about that now. We're not going to talk about that now. Nobody get me on the show for them questions, boy. But the Knicks is here. I'm New York, a.k.a. J-Jim. I'll at me. Just Blaze, he's doing your thing. I love you, brother. We see you out here. Salute, salute. Brooklyn. Big, big shout out to everyone who called in, man. I appreciate the love. I want to thank the Above the Rim supporters and the listeners for tuning in each and every week. I really appreciate y'all and the feedback. Y'all are the family, man. This is the Above the Rim family. We all family over here, man. For sure, for sure. So make sure y'all tuning in each and every Tuesday. Start calling that talk about it voicemail line. If you need that number one more time, it's 908-718-1592. You got a question, comment, concern, you got some feedback, and I'll be playing it on the show, man. Make sure y'all y'all calling that line. I want to hear feedback from anyone. Don't be scared, man. And that's above the rim episode 36. And we out.